0: Man, thank you, musicians. Praise God for music right now. Um, well, friends, we are once again uh, continuing our journey into this Garden of Gethsemane, um, where Jesus' humanity was on full display. And last week, we saw how Jesus needed his friends with him. That's one of the first things Jesus, as he was traveling to this Garden, recognized that he needed, he needed to he needed other people with him in this journey. So he brought three of his closest friends with him, and they fell asleep. The people who were part of Jesus inner circle failed him, and he experienced loneliness. So this morning, we are going to see another snapshot in the Garden of Gethsemane about how Jesus even in this time, a difficult time, a trying time like we are in, how Jesus still grows his relationship with God. So let us hear what Jesus does in this moment. This is just a one-verse snapshot of Gethsemane. And let us then discern what this means for our relationship with God, especially amongst our situation in the world today. This comes from the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 35. Then Jesus went a short distance further and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if possible, he might be spared the time of suffering. If possible, he might be spared the time of suffering. Will you please pray with me and for me, church, wherever you are at. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are here. You are everywhere, God. You are across our community. You are in every house and place where people are listening right now. So come and open our hearts, open our minds, inspire us deeply to be nearer to you in this very moment that we can, can come and be near you, wherever that is. Amen. Well, friends, in these coming days and weeks, we are going to have a whole lot of time to pray. A whole lot of Lots and lots of time to pray. So, this morning I'd like to ask each other why do we pray? What is the purpose of prayer? And friends, there are lots of different reasons and purposes to pray. But within this Gethsemane story, we see that um, one of the first things Jesus does as he comes into this garden is pray. What in this particular scene, in this particular context of this difficult time, what is the purpose of prayer for Jesus? And it's interesting as we think about this, because the acts that have caused Jesus to be arrested soon, that... um, Everything that Jesus is about to be crucified for, that has already happened. His accusers are already on their way. Nothing is going to change that. No amount of prayer is going to change that Jesus is about to be arrested. So friends, what I'd like to propose to you this morning is that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane because he needed to be honest with God. And it's not that God didn't know what Jesus was experiencing. Whenever any of us pray, God already knows what's there. God knows because God has already, there's already a relationship with us, and especially with Jesus in this moment. God and Jesus have this deep relationship. Um, But in his full humanity, Jesus needed to be honest with God for the sake of his own humanity. Jesus was honest in prayer for the sake of his own humanity, that he is fully God, fully human, and his human side is recognizing that what is about to happen is absolutely horrific. And he could not hold the pain that he was experiencing inside. He had to let it out. He had to be able to process this pain with God. Um, To kind of paraphrase, the uh one of Michael Jackson's most famous songs and the lyrics from Man in the Mirror. Jesus wanted to make the world a better place and to do this he had to look in a mirror not just in at his physical self but inside of himself. Let God into those deep the deepest crevices of who he was so that he could do what God was calling him to do. He needed to look inside To be the change in the world. Prayer for Jesus in this gut-wrenching moment, it wasn't just a wish list, wasn't a request, it was a deep struggle, an act of confession, an admission from his human, from his full humanity that if possible he would rather not go through the struggle. And the author of this gospel says that Jesus comes into the garden and he falls to the ground. So this shows that he was in great distress. This wasn't some just go through the motions, come kneel nicely at the altar type of prayer. It was, wasn't just, hey God, how's it going? What's up? It's me again type of prayer. It was an intense plea showing, friends, this was showing a trust in God. In the midst of the struggle, it was a trust in God that God could handle Jesus' deep and intense cry. This honest, real, even confusing and disorienting prayer was still a sign of trust in God. Struggle, pain, confusion were real for Jesus. The Savior of the world was struggling. And we shouldn't ignore that. The one whom we fully believe and claim as our Savior, and it's hard to even say these words, but I, it's what the text reflects, the Savior of the world was struggling with his faith and was honest with God about it. That feels blasphemous to say, and yet, here it is. At the time where Jesus should be rallying his troops, he is on his knees pleading for help. How do we call that man Lord? So I think the truth we see from Jesus in, the passage, in this passage is that the kingdom of God is built on a person who is honest about his Gethsemane moment. The man who teaches us how to pray, who says, teaches us that Lord's prayer, who's as people don't know how to commune with God, this, he shows them how. And in this moment, he shows us that prayer is honest, pleased before God in Gethsemane. He shows that honesty with God is how we get strength to obey God. Honesty with God is how we get strength to obey God. Friends, you are like all of us, like me, we are experiencing a variety of thoughts, emotions about the situation our world is in. Anger, sad, anxious, um, scared, fear. The fear, we don't have to give into it, but to acknowledge that it is real. And whatever we are experiencing, we can be honest about that in prayer. It probably won't change the situation of our world at this time, but I do believe that in these moments, in this season, the prayers can change us because Jesus's prayer of honesty changed him. Being honest in prayer may not have done anything for Jesus. It did not benefit him in any way physically, but it did do something to him. It changed him from the inside out. And because of what it did to him, it did something truly amazing for us. What happened to Jesus in Gethsemane, this moment of being honesty and receiving strength, did something amazing for us. That is the result of it. And if Jesus needed to have this type of prayer, if Jesus needed to be this honest before God, then that means that in our own lives, whenever we find these Gethsemane moments, maybe even this season, we have to be honest with God too. We can't escape our situation without honest prayer. And when we bring whatever we are carrying before God, whatever that may be, it doesn't make sense, but when we do that, when we take whatever is here and bring it before God, God somehow gives us strength. Now that doesn't make sense in a human mind. I get that. It doesn't compute with, and I don't know if it's because we just can't grasp the ways of God or it's um, whatever it may be, it doesn't make sense. And yet that's what and that's what we see in Jesus. In Gethsemane is that honest prayer, a release, confession, and that it gives us strength. God gives us strength through that. And I believe the reasoning for this, the reason God gives us strength in the midst of these trials, is because God is not ashamed of human weakness. God is not ashamed of whatever we may be feeling or experiencing. God can handle it because he handled and gave Jesus strength in Gethsemane at one of the the weakest moments in his life. And friends, in these next few weeks, uh, at least the vast majority of us, um, we're not going to be around people as much. And for some of us, that'll be really hard and we recognize that. Um, And yet I believe God can do something really powerful in this time. And I found it, um, whenever I prepare for a message, I prepared for that individual message weeks ago, at least uh, the basic idea. Um, And I found it so very interesting as I brought forth my uh, original idea and notes for this message this week, I had a note there for me to look back at a certain page in a book I had been reading. And I just want to share this full passage with you. And to keep in mind that this was weeks ago when I put down to read this specific passage about this message, in this time, in this place. Friends, these words come from a book by a laity member. His name is Daniel J. MacDonald, it is called um, The book is titled Gethsemane, referring to kind of how in these moments, these times of Gethsemane, it is our human nature to want to try to ignore them, forget about them, forget about Gethsemane. And yet here are these words from uh, Mr. MacDonald. The Lord's preference for personal secret prayer is instructional. The reconciliation that needs to take place through prayer cannot take place in a public setting where our motives might be altered by the all-too-human desire to be seen in the best possible light. Like brushing, flossing, or stepping back on the scale, it's best done in private where the glaring beams of God's glory can expose us, where our nakedness, and nothingness before God can be fully and honestly examined, and where the warm, congenial rays of God's love can heal the wounds that are afflicted in our own Gethsemane upon our altar of prayer. It is there in the state of prayer that our hearts can be changed and ever so secretly transformed. We can recognize the true condition of our hearts without fear or reproach or humiliation and seek God's help. In changing them, we can there place ourselves upon the potter's wheel. And let God shape us and mold us. Friends, I had read that passage and I had made a note to come back for for this very message before I had even heard the word coronavirus. And here we are. We're not physically present with each other. And that's hard. We're in a time where we won't be around each other. Won't be around as many people as usual. And we have an opportunity to be honest before God. And this is a gift, friends. It's not a gift I expected us to have. I'm not even sure it was a gift God expected to give us. And I definitely don't think it's a gift God has caused. But friends, I do want to be honest and for you to know that I believe God can be present in very powerful ways in this season. Because honest prayer can change us. Going through such intense and real honesty before God changed Jesus. And it can change us. Honest prayer may not change our situation, it may not change others like we would want to, but it does open us up to the possibility of being changed ourselves. God can be at work in a mighty and powerful way in this time. Mother Teresa has described this Lenten season that we are in, this time of preparation, of self-examination, of um, inward looking, of slowing down. She is Mother Teresa describes the season with these words. Jesus thirsts even now. Jesus thirsts even now. In your heart and in the poor. He knows your weakness. And he wants only your love. Wants only the chance to love. Jesus knows the weakness, and he only wants your love, only wants the chance, the greater opportunity to love. Friends, God knew Jesus' weakness. He knew his struggles, and yet he never stopped being the beloved son of God. And because Jesus was honest, he is able to receive the love of God all the more, even though the entire world, that entire world at that time, almost rejected him. His closest friends left him, denied him, At this very moment, God wants the chance to love you. And Jesus shows us the way that a valid way to do that is through honesty with God, even if we ask God to take that cup away. And even if the answer is no, that is a way for God to love us all the more. The situation we are in may or may not change right now. But we can change amidst the situation. We can find greater love for God and neighbor through honesty with God. I invite us toward that in this coming week. I'm not going to be able to be physically present with you. But I am friends, just a text, a phone call, a Facebook message away. And we are still going to be journeying together. Walking toward honest, spiritual community. I don't know what that will look like yet. But I know that there are going to be opportunities. Not opportunities that we are specifically looking for or wanted. But they are still opportunities. So friends, let us walk honestly with God this season, whatever that may look like. And know that God can transform us in our honesty. Amen. Well friends, normally at this part in the service, I come down and I ask, uh, give an invitation toward generosity, to give toward our financial gifts. Um, so friends, this is what we are going to be doing about giving. We obviously rely on you to be generous, that um, the church's ministry is dependent upon your generosity to do what God has called us to do, um, Even though we will not be in person, we are still going to be doing that, and we still need your partnership. And frankly, in order for our church to still pay our bills, to still make payroll, we will need your gifts. So we invite you to give electronically. we will post a um, link to do that in the comments at the end of our service. Um, You can also bring your tithe into the office if you choose. Um, But if you are not feeling well, friends, even for just... Just please stay home and hold off on giving that tithe for now. Um, and if you need help electronically, um, if you have not done that or are not sure how that looks like, please call our office. Our administrator, will be Jim Westlake, will be more than happy to help you walk through that. Um, so friends, that is what we are asking and um, please,